listen, you need to hold on to this for something else or something else. But really, many of us realize we wouldn't be here today if we didn't give to God. We would not even be in the situation that we're in today if God didn't help us. We, we would not have the faith that we have if God didn't help us along the way. We realize scriptures when he says, I, I would have God, I'm the God that will supply every need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. The term glad suggests delight, being pleased and happy. When it comes to a gift, we can think of many things. A gift is something that is given to someone willingly and without payment. If I give you a gift, it costs me something, but it doesn't cost you anything. A gift is generally given voluntarily to honor a person as deeds of kindness or maybe for a certain occasion. We know gifts as seeds, seeds that grow and bless the person as well as the sower. Gifts that may challenge us but will bring better in our lives. Sometimes it's a challenge to sow, but yet when you do it, it's going to make your life better as well as the person that you are sowing into. In fact, the Bible is going to let us know that actually you come out better for sowing than you do for receiving. Many of us can agree, while we may not ask, but when we receive gifts for birthdays, Christmas, anniversaries, and even when there is no special occasion, it brings thoughts of happiness, joy, peace, loving, a feel of love, and so forth. If for no other reason, that person thought of me and sold into my life. In my opinion, people are at different stages when it comes to giving. Some of us are mature gift givers. Some of us are striving to grow in gift giving. Some of us are learning what it means to be a giver of gifts. And some of us are still in the stage where we have not matured to the point that we see the other side of giving. I think that one of the constant lessons we learn is how to give. We need, that's, therefore, we need to continue to mature in our giving, grow in our giving, and learn how to be a constant sower of good seeds. Now, mature gift givers are those people who seek ways to give to others. They are supportive to others in words and deeds. They observe people and look for ways to bring joy to them through their giving, whether it's monetarily, time spent, a smile given, a word of encouragement, and so forth. It's not a burden for them to give, but a blessing. And they're motivated to give uh, uh, of their time, their resources, and so forth. You will see them constantly sowing large and small things in to others. And what I've learned over my time here as a giver is that really there's no such thing as a small gift. It, it is an obedient gift which you bring into something greater. Y'all remember it said, he said, listen, if you got the faith the size of a mustard seed, that mustard seed can grow into something big and something greater. The key is, are you obedient when it comes to your giving? Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. The book of Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. 
The Bible says this, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Notice the latter part of Acts 20 and 35. It is more, it, it is a greater degree, and by far, you are going to be blessed, happy, consecrated, and holy. But what, what, how are you blessed? By giving, by bestowing to someone, by supplying something to someone. Then to receive, to take, or not to refuse. See, Jesus tells us that we are more blessed or happy when we give or bestow something to someone or to something than to receive or to take upon ourselves. And that's a lesson I had. I'm still learning. Let me say this to you. I'm still learning how to sow into others. I'm still maturing in that particular area. I'm still learning how to sow what God wants me to sow. And not only that, I want to sow it in his timing as well. Like you don't sow, uh, uh, you don't put seed in the ground in the middle of winter. You wait till it's time to, amen, to put it in the ground around the springtime. So I want to make sure I'm sowing in good timing. I want to make sure I'm putting it into seed in the ground. And I, I realize it's more blessed when I give than it is when I receive. Now, you're blessed when you receive, but the Bible says you're more blessed when you give. See, and I found out that the way to change my attitude, my demeanor, my outcome, my attitude, my future, and so forth is to give. See, when I give, it's going to change my attitude. It's going to change my demeanor. It's going to change my outcome. It's going to change my attitude. It's going to change my future as well. Why? Because I'm giving. I'm not giving the way I want to give, but I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to set the atmosphere to influence me to give as he directs. And see, giving is according to God's word. Giving specifically is a matter that is guided or should be guided by the Holy Spirit. Spirit-led saints will seek ways to grow in their giving and seek opportunities for the Holy Spirit to lead them to give. They have an understanding of the power that is released in their lives when they give to others. Let's go to the book of Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. The book of Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. The Bible says this, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run it over will be put into your bosom. But with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Again, give, supply something, furnish something, give a gift. And, and notice, when you give, it will be given to you. It's going to be supplied to you. Things going to be furnished to you. It's going to be delivered to you. How? Good measure. Press down. Shaking together and running over will be put into your bosom. For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. When we continue to grow and operate in Luke 6 and 38 and trusting the Holy Spirit to take our giving to another level, our mindset is not stuck on the giving, but our mindset is stuck on it's going to be given to me. 
Oh, yeah. I, I believe when I sow this seed in the good ground, I believe God is going to give it back to me. He promised to cause, cause men to give into my bosom. Good measure, the press down, the shaking together, and the running over will be put into our bosom. For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And based on what we're giving, we'll begin to see the good measure, the press down, the shaking together, and the running over. People working to promote us, business deals that benefit us as well as others, bringing increase to us, and we're still looking for ways to sow. Giving, uh, giving is the best, giving us the best interest rate. And some cases, no interest rate at all. That's sowing it into our lives. Gift cards, cash, cash out. What is happening, Luke 6 and 38, is manifesting just as God has promised. See, when you said give and it shall be given unto you, you can believe Luke 6 38 is happening in our lives. For his word shall not return back to him void, but it shall accomplish everything he sent it out to do. See, we're faithful to be led of God and sowing and faithful to allow him to lead us to our increase. And one thing we will constantly be doing is allowing God to lead us to our increase. And it's become more in tune with allowing the Spirit of God to lead us. We can expect for him to challenge us in our giving. But one thing about it, we're going to get a greater harvest. You know, I grew up and we just sing this song, you can't outbe or you can't outgive God and his giving, no matter how you try. Now, remember last week we talked about spirit-led saints, saints who are being moved to do something essential and significant that is in line with the word of God. Let's go back and look at that scripture in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. As we talked about spirit-led saints, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 tells us this. But he answered and said, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, giving is something that we will consider for many of us essential and significant. And why? Because we're giving based upon the word of God. Giving is in line with God's word. Bigger and better awaits us. We need to allow God's word to lead us to the bigger and the better. But how many know the bigger and the better still out there, all right? Amen. His ways are not our ways. He will teach us to give our way out. And some of, us are, some of us are living in, driving in, and working in places that are a result of us giving our way out. We gave our way out of renting into home ownership. We gave our way out of one car into another car. We gave our way out of one mindset into a greater mindset. We've been giving our way out for years. And we continue to give because we're not going to stop Amen. Because we've reached a certain level. We continue to give. Therefore, we have to learn how to mature and grow in our giving. We don't go back, but we're going forward. Now, you always keep that in mind. But we thank God for one thing, that God's grace is protecting and prosper us, prospering us despite the challenges in giving. 
in my personal opinion, the challenge will be a part of the journey. But we must mature to handle the challenges better. One thing about it, you're not going to get rid of challenges as long as we are here on the earth. But one thing about it, we can mature to the point that we handle challenges a whole lot better. We shouldn't be get upset with things that come up in our lives like we used to get upset. We need to allow the Spirit of God to cause us to grow, cause us to mature. When and You know, when the doctor says one thing, we don't fall and get all upset with the doctor says. We says, whose report do you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. Listen, we don't get upset when we see our bank account because we know God has supplied the need and will continue to supply the need. We don't get upset, amen, when people say negative things about us, but we know who we are in Christ Jesus. We are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Why? Because we've given our way out. We're not handling things like we used to handle it. We are more mature in how we deal with life. Now, Paul dealt with giving as well. Specifically, Paul taught in the church in Philippi about giving to him, not that he was in need, but that fruit will abound to their account, the church at Philippi and the ones who gave. He was bragging on the church as to how generous they had been during some difficult times. Yet, despite what he was going through, in my opinion, he wanted them to know their giving was bigger than what they realized. Their Giving was releasing things to them that will cause increase in their thinking, their talking, their decision making. In fact, I believe one thing God will do, he, he will bless the members in the church because of the giving of the church. You got to hear what I'm saying there. Listen, God will bless the members in the church because of the giving, uh, man, the church does. And I'm going to show it to you as we go through the scripture here. Now, good decisions with finances will bring good results in finances. It may not be immediate, but over time, we will see godly results. Let me say this to you. You keep on giving despite what your mind tells you, despite what, listen, the, the, the so-called experts tell you, you continue to give. Some people will tell you, you don't need to give because of this, that, and the other. And it's amazing to me, one of the places they will tell you to stop giving in is God or in the church. They say you need to hold on to this for something else or something else. But really, many of us realize we wouldn't be here today if we didn't give to God. We would not even be in the situation that we're in today if God didn't help us. We, we would not have the faith that we have if God didn't help us along the way. We realize scriptures when he says, I, I would have God, I'm the God that will supply every need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm doing it seedily, abundantly above anything you ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I thank God he's prospering his people only like he can. Beloved, I wish above all things that may us prosper and be in health even as our soul prosper. You see, the word is working in us despite what the experts say. Experts will say, hey, you need to hold on to this. But God will say, give, and I got a bigger future for you. I got a brighter future for you. I'm doing great things for you, but you got to believe when I tell you to give. You can't be holding on to it talking about I'm going to figure this out. Let me say one thing I need to figure out is how to give. That's what I need to figure out. When I give, I'm trusting God to take care of the rest. But I want you to notice what Philippians 4, let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 through 17. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 through 17. Many of us know that 
godly results will come when we give the way God tells us to give. I ain't going to say you're going to be perfect with it, but you're going to definitely do your best to do what God has instructed for you to do. I want you to notice in Philippians chapter 4, we're going to start at verse 10, go down to verse 17. This is Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Notice what he starts off talking about, hey, your care for me has flourished again. That means you were caring for me at one time, and now you've got, you're in a position that you can f- care for me again. Now, what does that mean, Pastor Dog? That means they were doing it one time, and God blessed them to be in a position to do it again. Woo-hoo, glory be to God. Let me say this to you, boy. If you start giving like that, and you see God calls you to flourish, words like flourish and prosper, amen, and increase, you know God's doing Doing something in that church because it wasn't just for one person it was for the entire congregation or at least the ones who believed in giving I should say it like that though you surely excuse me let me go on. though you surely did care but you lacked opportunity verse 11 not that I speak in regard to need for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content verse 12 Philippians 4 and 12. I know how to be a base and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And I like verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Verse 14. Nevertheless, you have done well. You shared in my distress. I was in distress and you shared with me. You sold into my life. And listen, one thing about that, when Paul was in distress, he couldn't do like he wanted to do for the church of Philippi. But know something, Paul had sold so many seeds that God put on the heart of the church in Philippi to sow into Paul's life. You got to understand something. God will put on somebody else's heart to sow into your life because of the seeds that you got into the ground. Boy, that, that'll preach right there, but let me go on. Verse 15, now, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Notice their mindset, giving and receiving, giving and receiving. Just like we see in Acts 20 and 35, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Verse 16, for even in Thessalonica, you sent a once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek fruit that abounds to your account. Woo-wee. Paul said, I, I seek fruit that abounds to your account. That means all of us got an account. All of us got an account in the sanctuary. And by, the Bible says, Paul said this, I seek not that I, now, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. And verse 18, indeed, I have all, all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephroditus the, Ephroditus, the thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, Woo-wee. an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Notice, notice the offering that they gave to Paul. And notice how Paul classified that offering. This was a special offering that he received from them. Now, remember, they had been sowing into Paul's life, but now they were led to sow again. And not only did they sow, but notice how Paul classified it in the latter part of verse 18. 
the thing sent from you a sweet-smelling aroma. Ooh. You know your, your, your offering can have a sweet-smelling aroma? Mm. You know, also, too, it can stink, too. <laughs> but know something, a sweet-smelling aroma, an, an acceptable sacrifice. And I like what Paul said, this is well-pleasing to God. Listen, what you sowed into my life is well-pleasing to God. I want to be in a position that when we sow, it is well-pleasing to God. Listen, when I get, we get ready to give here in a little bit later, is it well-pleasing to God? When I sow into somebody's life, is it well-pleasing to God? See, they sowed into Paul's ministry, and Paul said, hey, this is well-pleasing. I want to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We want something that is well-pleasing to God. Now, let's go back to verse 17. Not that I seek the gift. Notice what Paul said. Not that I'm searching for or desiring the gift or a voluntary seed. In the second part of that verse, but I seek the fruit or the profit or the harvest that abounds, that, that causes increase to your account, the way you speak, the way you think, and your deeds. Paul was letting them know your giving is bigger than the gift in hand. You can't get, up, you can't get caught up in what you see naturally. See, the Bible doesn't say this. It doesn't say how much they gave. It is, we just know it was well-pleasing to God. And see, sometimes you can be caught up, if I can't do this, I'm going to do nothing at all. Now, you got to do what the Spirit of God leads you to do. And I know everybody can sow a seed. I know that. How you know, Pastor Doc? Because you, you know the widow woman or the woman that had the might, she sowed, and the Bible says she sowed more than they all. And so I believe God gives seed to the sower. Listen, are you a sower? That's the issue right there. Are you a sower? That's it right there. Because if you're not sowing, you may not have no seed. But if you are a sower, God going to make sure you got seed. Let me tell y'all this quick testimony of uh, what happened to me many years ago. I remember, boy, we was paying rent at, at a very high rate, $179. $179. But thing was, whoo. 179 something like that thing was whoo boy I tell you 179 something like whoo glory be to God and living at this luxurious luxurious place called Brookwood hallelujah and we got in a situation that I didn't really realize happened boy I, I mean been sewing like I thought we were supposed to be doing I, I was sewing maybe a little extra I turned if you listen to some of my wife testimonies from our minister in the past. You heard how she said, he was sowing all that money and we, didn't, we were not making this much money, this, that, and the other. But one day I sold and I didn't realize I sold this much and so the check bounce that I wrote for something. I said, oh God, what are we going to do? And I, and I think about what I'm going to do with my ties is coming Sunday. Because it was a Friday I found out that it bounced and Sunday was coming up. And I'm like, what are we going to do? And so I went into work Friday and didn't think, and I was like, you know, my mind, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And so the person I was working for, we were talking, and I, we, I, I was doing some extra stuff, didn't think nothing about it. He reached into his pocket and handed me X number of dollars, I think a $100 bill. 
that $100 bill end up being my tithes and my offering. He gives seed to the what? Sower. He gives seed to the what? He gives seed to the what? We were sowing. He was sowing. And so he wanted to make sure, because I didn't have no money to pay my tithes that day, because I don't write faith checks. <laughs> Let me get, get, y'all get that a little bit later. But all right. But he gave what? Seed to the sower. And I've never been that close again. I always make sure give God his tithes and his Offers. Are y'all following? So now, remember, it was bigger than me though. Paul was saying, The Lord has taught me to be content in whatever state I'm in. See, I'm not a begging preacher, but I understand that giving releases fruit, profit, harvest, and increase that comes in abundance to your account, the giver's account. It's interesting how people who are committed to mature in their giving seem to always have something to sow. They're serious about their seed. They're timely with their seed. They're ready to release their seed in the ground. They are constantly listening, allowing the Holy Spirit to teach them to be a blessing and to receive a blessing. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus? It's more blessed to give than it is to what? Receive. It's a blessing to give. It's a blessing to give. Spirit led saints are maturing in giving, will stretch themselves to align with what God says about giving. You don't have to persuade them. You ain't got to beg them. They don't make excuses. They are mature enough to give past their excuses. They're mature enough to give past their excuses because it's easy to say, hey, you know what? I've been making an excuse for not giving today. It's easy to make an excuse. I got this, that, and the other in my life. And let me say this to you. God knows you got this, that, and the other in your life. God's not saying, like that. Well, I, I wonder if they got a light bill this month. I wonder if they need gas this month. I wonder if they need groceries this month. God understands. Therefore, he says, if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these Things shall be added to you. You know if you seek God first, God will do what he says he got to do. He's going to do it. How you know, Pastor Dom? He Not only did he do it for me, but look around the sanctuary. Look around the sanctuary. In 2023, he did it for everybody in this sanctuary. You mean that person? Yeah, that person. He did it for them. Because why? God is a God of his word. His word should not return back to him void, but he's going to accomplish everything he sent it out to do. He's the God of his word. He's the God of his word. They don't make excuses. When it comes to giving, I'm going to give. I'm going to give. I'm going to give. Listen, I'm going to give the way God instructs me to give. They're trying, we are going to be led by the Holy Spirit to sow into God's house and beyond his house. Why is giving so important? To them, to spirit-led believers, spirit-led saints, they recognize that they serve the greatest giver the world will ever know. We serve the greatest giver ever the world has ever known. We serve the greatest giver the world has ever known. The greatest giver. The greatest giver. No matter how much we give, we cannot outgive God. What is powerful to me is that God has given, given to the point we could never compare to how he has given, but yet we benefit from it. We are benefited from God's giving. 
We benefit from God's giving. You know you're eating right now? That's a benefit of God's giving. You have resources right now? That's a benefit of God's giving. Our greatest giver is Jesus, according to John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. Hold on. His only. Only. He put it all on the line. He put it all on the line. He said he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He gave it all. He gave it all. He gave it all. He bestowed and extended a gift because the Bible says he gave. He gave. He gave. He gave. He gave. But notice what he said. He gave his only begotten son. He said, I'm not, I don't have any more. I'm giving my best. And what I love about God, when he gives his best, he expects to receive. And I love that about God. You know what he, I, I love that about him? He, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life means life without beginning and without ending. It never seems to cease. Our greatest giver is still given today. Honorable, distinguished, and eternal gifts by placing the Holy Spirit within those who will ask him. He, listen, I, I see him giving, but I see him still giving today for those that will ask him, for those that will inquire of him. And listen, our greatest giver, he's still giving, which brings me to our scripture for the day. Luke 11 and 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You know, sometimes when you read a scripture like that, you almost will look over the evil part because you'll think he's talking about everybody else. But really, when it comes to being evil, he's talking about everybody who's not born again, everybody who's not saved, because we were all, the Bible says we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. And so you understand when he's talking about evil, evil, you can't just say he's talking about everybody else. No. You got to understand something. Even when you were not saved, he was talking about you. He was talking about me. So you can almost, when I've read that in the past, almost skipped over the evil part, the wicked ones, the twisted ones, the malicious ones, because I was pointing at everybody else. Then the Holy Spirit said, look in the mirror. Because if you don't know me as Lord and Savior, you have rejected me. You said, oh, I will never be saved. I will never give my life to Jesus. That is evil. That is evil. I will not be led by the Holy Spirit. I will not, listen, I will not fall in line with what God says. But even the evil folks give good gifts to their children. Mm. Even evil folks, even people that, listen, listen, that are not born again, but listen, volunteer at homeless shelters give good gifts to their children. There are people who do, listen, morally good, they ain't got no problem with it. They are morally good. But yet the Bible says even good, evil folks give good gifts to their children. Good gifts to their children. So you can almost look at that and point, have your nose raised a little bit. He's not talking about me in this text. 
Listen, but one thing I've learned over the years, God got a way of sliding in his point to people so they can get what he's talking about. That's why we appreciate Jesus saving us. Jesus, that you realize, you know, evil, that was me right there. I needed a savior. I needed someone who, to, to deliver me, to protect me, and to prosper me. I thank God that Jesus came. But you know, I, but, but we go on here, we go on here. Evil folks know how to give good gifts to their children. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Oh, thank you, Lord, for letting me know that you, I need to ask for the Holy Spirit. I need to ask. Oh, the, this text lets us know that we came forth as evil. Now, let me show you Psalms 51 and verse 5 real quickly. Psalms 51 and verse 5. Let's turn there. Psalms 51 and verse 5. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, I was brought forth or born in iniquity and guilt and punishment and that last definition, the penalty of sin. I was born in sin. And in sin, my mother conceived me. Psalms 51 and verse 5. We came into this world needing a Savior. We came into the world. Oh, cutie pooty, little baby hootie, need a Savior. Cuckoo, ha ha, ka ka, need a Savior. That one with the size one pampers, need a Savior. Needs a Savior. And as we go forth, we need God to forgive us of our sins. Thank God we got a Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believed him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Everybody in this sanctuary needs a Savior. You know what I love about God? As, as you continue to walk with him, he shows you just how much you need a Savior. There's not a day that go, go by that we don't need a Savior. We need a Savior 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We need a Savior. We, that's, I'm glad he said I would never leave you nor forsake you because I need a Savior. This is personal to me. I need a Savior. I need someone to deliver me. I need someone to protect me. I need someone to prosper me. I need a Savior. I need a Savior when I go to work. I need a Savior when I go to school. I need a Savior when I go to the bank. I need a Savior when I go to the grocery store. I need a Savior when I go home. I need a Savior. I got anybody here that need a Savior? Anybody that need a Savior? How many came to the conclusion, I need a Savior? You ever, you ever thought about some of the stuff you think about and do and act and so forth and say, you know what, I need a Savior? I know I've been saved for a number of years, but I need a Savior. I know, yeah, man, I'm Pastor Dobbs, but I need a Savior. I know you, sister or brother so-and-so, but you need a Savior. And Jesus came so that we could be saved. Thank you for saving us, God. In fact, if, if I'm not saved, I will get saved right now. Right now. I wouldn't even wait to the altar call. I said, Lord, save me right now. In the name of Jesus. Save me right now, Jesus. Save me. I ain't taking no chances, God. I ain't taking no chances. I'm getting saved right now. 
Now, last week we talked about and uh, talked about the need for the Holy Spirit. You don't have to turn there, but remember Acts 2 and 38. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent means to change one's mind for the better. Change one's mind for the better. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive. You're going to take to yourself, make it your own, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when we repent and do it like Acts 2.38 says, we can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It requires repentance and receiving. Repentance, again, changing one mind for the better. It requires, see, change means this. I'm going to alter some things, modify some things, and replace some things, especially when it comes to my thinking, conversation, and decision-making. And this is our lifestyle for as long as we are spirit-led saints, there will be some altering going on, some modifying going on, some replacing going on, and some chase, uh, changing going on in order for us to be the best version that God created us to be. See, repentance requires actions and accountability. Now, this week, I want to focus in on asking for the gift. The gift. See, we'd like to experience a greater level of gladness and happiness when it comes to receiving when we ask for the gift. I, like, I love the unexpected blessings, but I appreciate them. But when we pray and ask God for something, Great or small, and he sends someone or something to make sure that we get it. It takes my faith, my confidence, and my joy to another level. When we ask God for something, we want his best for our life. I want something from God, and this is my prayer. If my expectation is too low, bring me up, and God, you don't come down. Let me let that sink in for a moment. If my expectation is not high enough, God, you don't come down, bring me up. Bring me up. Bring me up. Because I might be, my, I might be thinking too low. When God is saying, I got something better for you. Well, the Holy Spirit is something better for me. The Holy Spirit is something that is what I would consider the good gift. I just don't want to be saved. I just want to, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. I want better for my life. I want better for my life. So when we look at Luke 11 and 13, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. And, and let's say, let, let's, let's be real. Evil folks can give good gifts to their children. They can give some good gifts. I mean, you know, distinguished gifts, beneficial gifts. How much more will your heavenly father give or bestow to someone or let this individual have the Holy Spirit who asks him? If one does not have the Holy Spirit, it is important that we ask the Lord to fill us with the Holy Spirit. Do not assume or even take for granted the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is crucial for a believer. It's critical. 
It's needful. It's necessary. And the Lord wants to give the Holy Spirit as long as we ask. He's not trying to make it difficult to receive the good gift, but we must have the desire to have the Holy Spirit, which is beneficial to our walk with Jesus, as for he knows we need the helper to teach us as found in John 14 and 26. So let's go to John 14 and 26. We need to understand the Holy Spirit is not for Jesus, it's for us. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. In fact, say this with me. We need the Holy Spirit. Let's try this again. We need the Holy Spirit. One more time. We need the Holy Spirit. Now, John 14 and 26. Let's go there. John 14 and 26. The Bible says this. John 14 and 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance the thing, all things which I said to you. So the helper is the individual who brings aid in our life. One of my favorite definitions is this. It leads to a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth. It leads to a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth. I like what Pete, uh, when Jesus and Peter were going through, and who do men say that I am? And he said, and Peter said, hey, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my father who is in heaven. Hey, that's a deeper knowledge of the deeper knowledge of the gospel of Christ. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is there for a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth. Now, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he's going to teach you. He's going to instruct you. He's going to explain things to you. And it's good to know, Holy Spirit don't lie. When he explains to you, it's what you need to know. And bring to your remembrance. Recall to mind and be reminded all things that I said to you. See, the Holy Spirit is a helper when he leads us to a deeper knowledge of the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A deeper understanding of Scripture, along with a stronger relationship with Jesus, is what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life. And let me say this to you. He's doing it right now. He is doing it right now. He has given us a deeper knowledge of the Scriptures. He's Excuse me. He's establishing a stronger relationship with Jesus. Therefore, it is imperative that I come in week in and week out to see what I learn or what the Holy Spirit is teaching me. So in turn, I can have a deeper knowledge of the scripture. And then secondly, I will have a deeper and stronger relationship with him. You ever notice when people start to slide away from God or, or stop reading scripture, or stop praying, or stop the spiritual things that they know to do, their relationship with Jesus kind of unravels. It unravels. It unravels. It was stronger, but they, they, for whatever reason, they start to go back on God. They stop listening to the helper. The helper is there to give us a deeper relationship with Jesus. When I receive the helper, I'm receiving what the Holy Spirit has for my life, 
such as aid for every area of my life, a teacher to instruct me in every subject matter that is important in my life. The Spirit will bring to my remembrance what I need to know to accomplish his will here on the earth. See, one thing about it, God does not give you information that you don't need to know. When he gives you information, it is imperative that you know what you know. And that's what we need to be in a situation is that we are in a situation where we know what God wants us to know. It's no, it's no uh, need for him to teach me how to operate a rocket ship to fly up into space. I don't need to know that. I'm not getting in a rocket ship to go up into outer space and let the Lord have a deep, deep dream, <laughs> burning bush experience and so forth. Are y'all following me? I'm not going to do that. But what I need to know God is going to give it to me. For example, if I need to know math, he's going to teach me math. If I need to know Spanish, he's going to teach me, teach me Spanish. If I need to know how to do a certain thing on my, where I work at or in a business deal, he's going to teach me that. He's going to teach me all things and bring it back to my remembrance. And that's good to know. God then just doesn't teach you in one area and leave you ignorant in another area. He causes us to be intelligent in whatever area he wants us to learn in. He's teaching us all things. If you need to know about your car, he'll teach you about that. If you need to know about uh, how to fix something at your house, he'll teach you about that. If you need to know how to fix, uh, how to fix a flat tire, he'll teach you about that. If you know how, amen, to, to budget your money, he'll teach you about that. If you know how to be, build better relationships, he'll teach you about that. He's there to teach us in areas that are beneficial for our life. I remember one time somebody was saying stuff to me, and they were talking, and they were using them big words, too. And I said, well, Lord, you want to break this down because I don't know what they're saying. And so he just said, hey, just ask them this, 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 that, and the other. And so I asked this person this, that, and the other. And, and their explanation actually explained what they were actually talking about. Because there are some areas that we may need help in understanding, but the Holy Spirit is there to guide you into all truth. All truth, all truth. Holy Spirit is teaching us or expounding on doctrine. He also brings things back to our remembrance so that we can apply what we've learned. The Spirit of God has a daily, uh, daily work to do in our life if we allow him to. And the work of the Holy Spirit, as one can tell, is a lifelong process. It will not be over in 2024. For as many of us, it started way before 2024. Therefore, we see the importance of a theme like spirit led saints. Romans 8 and 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For as many as are led are directed or influenced by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God or mature Christians. Mature Christians. And we all need to mature in our walk with Christ. Not only receiving a good gift, but a gift that will be essential and beneficial to our relationship with Jesus as a spirit-led saint. This will be the pathway for us to be sons of God. Sons of God. Hallelujah. Someone who carries out. Sons of God are believers who carry out the directions of the word of God with boldness and most importantly, they're building their relationship with Jesus.
Therefore, it is imperative that we receive the good gift. Spirit-led saints gladly receive the good gift. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.